Good evening, men and women of God. This is From Damage to Destiny. I'm your host, Glenda Treadwell, and we just actually we just welcome you to the broadcast on tonight. We have a very special person that's going to share some things with us from his childhood, from what he's doing in ministry, and not only that, he's also going to be sharing with us even a book that he's working on. So... Let's just welcome the man of God on tonight, Pastor Kenneth Little John Sr. God bless you. God bless you, woman of God. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to talk with you on tonight, man of God. And what people don't realize, those that do know him and those that don't, that he has actually been working as a truck driver, driving all over the country, Canada and other places. He's been doing this now for 25 years. So you can understand that when he say he's an outreach evangelist, he's reaching the people right where they are, whether it's in Arkansas, California, Florida, or even Canada. God has given him such a powerful ministry that it's right there in the people's face. It's not about a handout but a hand up. So, God, we just thank you for tonight, for the man of God. We're not going to prolong any time. So, man of God, just kind of give us a prelude of how was it like growing up and the things that your first encounter with what God is doing in your life. Uh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. It's an honor to God. Thank you so much for having me to speak. Yeah, it's a blessing. I give God the thanks, and you're doing a very, very awesome job, uh, Lady of God, and I thank you. Uh, but let me say this. God has really blessed me when Satan was trying to take me out as a baby. You know, God intervened and stepped in. And uh, when he stepped in, he's, he, he let the devil know that I don't belong to the devil. I belong to him. I belong to the Lord. So my mother was on drugs real bad, and when I was born, the doctors gave me up. Um, they said if I live three months, uh, if I live, then I would be brain dead for the rest of my life. But we all know God is well and able, amen? Amen. Uh, when men say no, God say yes. Um, I thank God for a lady, a friend of the family, stepped in and came and got me, took me to the hospital. But she told the doctor, she said, this baby's going to live. She said, uh, I, I have a doctor above all doctors. So she took me home and doctored on me on, uh, back in 63 and uh, uh, prayed for me, prayed over me, used uh, olive oil, castor oil, everything to home remedies back then. Um, and took me back to that same doctor a year later and showed him this is what God can do. 
No matter what you say, but this is what God, my God can do. He's the doctor of all doctors. But uh, she raised me until I got about four years old. She had a stroke and a heart attack. And God put it on her son's heart to take me where nobody else was to take me. And he raised me. And by him raising me and bringing me down south, uh, because as I got older, let me say that, uh, in the west side of Chicago, I was about 11 or 12 years old, the gang of vice lords was after me. I got stabbed. Uh, they was trying to force me to join them. They was going to brand me. Uh, uh, but someone went home, and I don't know this day, but someone went home and told my daddy. And my daddy came down there and stopped him and said, you're going to have to take me before you take my son. But make a long story short, he decided, you know, he got hurt at the U.S. Tobacco Company, so he decided to get me out from up there and bring me down south. Uh, I thank God for that. As I was raised up, then I found my biological mother uh, by the time I was about 18 or 19, and I went to visit her. And I had a lot of hate for my mother. I had a lot of rejections. I thought that she rejected me. But you know what? As I got older, I had to go back and talk to my mother. And once I talked to my mother, I realized that she loved me very much, but she couldn't hold on to me because God had a plan for my life. When God had a plan for your life, he will put you in a position like chess. Chess uh, 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 is like you have to know which, which move to make and how to make because the enemy will come and try to attack you. But God had a plan and had a hedge around my life, and he moved me in the right place. But once I got with my mother, my biological mother, and talked to her, I realized God put it in her heart not to mess with me. I, I realized that she loved me so much that she realized that God had his hands on me and the people that had me was taking good care of me. Um, make a long story short, I uh, once I graduated from high school, I started doing security part-time, working in school district 14 years. While I was doing security, I got shot. And two weeks before I got shot in 94, uh, county sheriff came through there with a bulletproof vest, sold it to me and said, look, I can't give you my issue, but here's a, 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 a used bulletproof vest. Two weeks later, I got shot in, uh, with a three fifty seven Magnum uh, in a, a bad drug that went down with, with gangs, and I was right in the middle of them. And... Uh, when they threw the vest out of me, the bullet was still, the shit was still stuck in the vest, in the trauma plate. Wow. That was nothing but God. Amen. Uh, it broke my uh, sternum bone, but the fact is, I'm still here. Amen. Satan would try to, anything he try to do would try to take you out. A long time ago, uh, a lady in Church of Christ, one of the mothers told me, God going to use you in a mighty way. That's why Satan is after you so hard, because God is going to use you. And I didn't know what she would meant by then, but I like the idea that she said God was going to use me. And see, it's an honor and pleasure when, I mean, it just, oh my God, when God chose you, he said in his word, you didn't chose me, but I have chose you, and I have ordained you from birth. And right now, they let me know that God has had something for my life that works for me to do for the kingdom. So later on, when I got 15, I had surgery. They took part of my stomach. I was bleeding up. I was uh, coughing up blood all the time in junior high school. And again, Satan was trying to take me out. And uh, they rushed me to the hospital. They took out part of my stomach. And the doctor said I would never would grow. 
And how many people know when God say yes, the devil can't do nothing. Amen. So and once I go through that, I, I start growing, start eating. I, I think my stomach stretched. <laughs> then I had a gallbladder surgery. I had poison in my system, didn't even know it. But I was three or four years ago, and they had to rush me to emergency surgery. And again, Satan tried to attack me. But God was right there, put an angel there. And I came to surgery fine. Then two years ago, I had surgery on my neck. My bones was uh, didn't have no collagen in them, and I was uh, having bad headaches. And they replaced them with titanium plates. I say all that to say this, uh, Apostle, that God is awesome. Once he chose you, and you have work to do, no matter what the devil try to do. That's why I say, you know, no weapon form, no weapon form can do nothing because I'm not worried about taking weapons because it can't hurt me. It may slow me down for a season, but guess what? God already got a place for me to keep on going. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. Once we have faith in God and know what God's going to do, then, hey, there, I mean, I never knew that I would be doing outreach ministry. But God said a uh, due time and a due season, due place for me to do outreach ministry to go help his people, um, to get out the four walls and go help those uh, a hand up and from what's from the heart, reach the heart. Amen. 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 Let's share with the audience on tonight, Pastor, your very first experience in the outreach ministry, because we know you've been doing this for years, but kind of share with us the first time that you went out and you began to minister God's word. Well, the first time um, I went out to uh, minister God's word, I was in Macalma, um Michael Barker Church in Macalma, and I went with a group. And in Macalma, um, they we were just walking around, and I noticed that. The guys were sitting up, they was drinking and talking and whatever, and the group uh, went with went towards them, but they walked past them. I didn't. And the Holy Spirit stopped me right in front of them. And I looked at them, and the guys started putting their bill away, started putting their drugs away. You thought the police was coming, the way they were hiding their fear and their drugs. <laughs> you see, they seen the glory on me, and I walked up to them, I said, hey, man, just be yourself. I said, you know, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. But let me tell you what I went through. Once I told them about the vice lords and all the stuff I went through, right. do you realize they, they, I mean, they stood up and shook my hand. They stood up and started telling me all the stuff they went through. And they said they wanted to be saved. Now, that was my first time uh, doing outreach, and I knew right then God had a calling on my life because when other people tried to talk to them, they wouldn't talk to them. Because they were talking over the head. They weren't talking to them. They was talking over, over the head. And but when you know what they're going through, you've been there, done that, then you can reach people on their level. And once you, they can see you have a good heart and you, you, you for real about what you're talking about, you ain't there playing games. And because that spirit can feel you. Mm-hmm. That spirit know when you're real, know when you're fake. Right. Uh, or another word. So that was my first time at McAmel. And then, uh, when I went to full council, we got to Minnesota, England, we went out then. And then I started talking to the, the uh, to the people in the neighborhood, especially the gang members, because I could relate, relate to them. And I could relate to the people that was homeless. And, uh, oh, my God, it was just an awesome, awesome 
that day was so awesome. I think we saved like 10 people on the street that day. And see, it's something you said previously. What comes from the heart reaches the heart. And when you are truly um, a workmanship of God, when you are truly called to his purpose, and you're not trying to make a person feel less than, but you're talking straight at them and you understand what they're going to or what they're going through, then people can receive you better. And I've noticed that just watching you over the over the years and how you just walk up and, and you just begin to talk and, and it's an honor to watch you because people that I know that are in, in gangs and things of that nature and you reached out, you didn't judge them or anything. You just shared what you had went through and they received it because like you said, what comes from the heart reaches the heart. They knew you were real. They knew that you were, you know, trying, they were trying to initiate you into the vice lords and things of that nature. And see, that's what's missing in the in the world, that's what's missing when it comes to outreach and evangelism. People want to talk at them and not to them. So, kind of share us a little bit more of some things that you have been doing as far as the outreach ministry and and the next big thing God is going to put on your life. Well, it started just me and my wife going out to the streets by ourselves uh, with my pickup truck. We will carry blankets, socks, or whatever in the back of the pickup trucks, and then we started getting tents. Uh, we would go up under the bridges of 440, uh, 430, uh, on top of railroad tracks, in the bushes, wherever they sleep, we would go, because God told me to go. And once I started talking to them, then they received me. Um, later on, I didn't know that I joined um, uh, Bishop Church, uh, Abundant Grace Christian Church, uh, Jeffrey Smith Church in Maplesville, Arkansas, and we... Together, start doing ministry together, and uh, we partner with them on doing outreach. And also, um, I joined a motorcycle a Christian group. It's, it's not a club, it's not a gang, but it's a motorcycle Christian group. I know these guys from years ago. I uh, went to high school with them, church with them. It's called the Heavenly Riders, and that's what they do too. They go out and they help people. They, they do a toy drive for kids less fortunate. Uh, they go out and help people that's been burned out of their homes. They raise money. And lately, uh, I partnered with them, and we went down to the um, to the Salvation Army. We went out to the uh, to the homes where the, uh, people would uh, help them out, uh, to Jacob's house down there off of um, uh, Spring, of, Spring Road. It used to be Confederate, but it's not Spring of Springer Boulevard. And it's a Nehemiah house. And you would not believe, once we pull up with them bikes and... I stood out there, and I got everybody. I got the director to bring everybody outside. You thought it was Christmas. It was just a joy to see the joy on their face, the smile on their face. That we took our time to go down there and talk to them. Uh, we had our masks, gloves, water. We prayed for them, laid hands on people. We listened to their story. We listened to them, and as they told us, every, they were suicidal. We had two or three people suicidal, thinking about taking pills, thinking about taking their life. But when we got through talking and putting the, the, the blood of Jesus and talking about the blood of Jesus, we were saving souls and saving people's lives, and they turned their lives around because Satan had put in their mind they're worthless. They, they left and they don't belong in society. That's why they're homeless. And I tell them, you know, none of us, we all have issues. 
And none of us have a right to point our finger at nobody else because, be honest with you, we just one paycheck away from being homeless ourselves. But you know what? Um, God will show you how blessed you are. God will let you know, wow, you're complaining and, and you're very blessed. We complain too much. Uh, woman of God, we complain too much. And, and as the homeless man was walking with a load of bread, only a loaf of bread up on his arm, he said, Lord, I thank you. Just for another thing, Lord, have mercy. I get, I get so excited when I think about how good God is and His mercy and His grace. See, God don't make things hard; we make them hard. Okay. Everything God do is very simple. But when we uh, do outreach ministry, um, it just, just touch my heart to go out and speak to the people. Now, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, I don't want the people to get it twisted. A lot of people on the street know the Bible better than the preacher doing the church. Yes. A lot of people out there that have education, college degrees, a lot of people out there do have jobs, but they don't make enough money to get a place to stay. But, you know, you'd be surprised how people talk about God, how they, they know about God, but they hit a hard time in life. Right. And it's not my job. I tell them like Jesus told me, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to save you. And see, and that's what we need to look at. We not we shouldn't judge nobody because we don't have a right to judge nobody. We God said in His words, He told His disciples, "Go out in the highways and the byways, and and lift and save souls, compel them to come to Christ." Right. Because the fact is, we all belong to God. But Satan had gotten people mad and turned them another way. But it's our job to turn them back toward Christ. Amen. Amen. And that's something that vital that you just said. Because when we are doing the work of God, that the Spirit of God shall follow us. And we're not trying to go out here trying to perform or trying to do something so that we can be noticed. And that's the one thing you said as far as the people out there. Because there are people out there, like you said, they just hit hard times. It's not always about drugs and alcohol. It can be, um, I lost my job, and I was taking care of the family, and the bills just were overwhelming, and we lost things. So we we have to remain sober, sound, and sensitive about the being out there and talking and reaching out to our brethren that's out there. And that's the thing that I know that it's a blessing because they can feel that he's real. And that's the thing that churches need to truly understand. Everybody is not cut out to be outreach evangelism. Everybody can't cover that. Everybody don't have the mantle for that. So tell us how you would take some people that had the heart to do it, but they've never done it before. Show, tell us how you would uh, teach a person and show a person if they truly wanted to get into outreach ministry. Well, let me say this first. God just gave me a scripture to give to you about that. Uh, in Matthew, uh, the ninth chapter, uh, 36 verse, when Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion. Mm -hmm. Let's think about the word compassion. One, you have to love the people from your heart. Two, you have to have compassion on them. Not feel sorry for them, okay? And don't feel sorry for them, but have compassion. Because right now, in this time of day, in this pandemic, we need to have compassion on God's people. Amen. And not faint. And there's so many people out there don't have a shepherd. The Bible says they scattered because they didn't have no shepherd. And they looking 
for for a shepherd. They're looking for someone to love them. Mm-hmm. And the harvest is plenty, but the labels are few. Yes, and God and Jesus said, let's pray that there are more labels will come. What that means is whatever you've been through, and God pulled you out of it. You know you didn't come out of it by yourself, but you know it wasn't but the grace of God that put you out of it. Mm-hmm. Whether you was alcoholic, whether you was on drugs, or what, no matter what you did, God put you out there and saved your life. Then it's your job. It's your, he said, I come and I gave you an example. Do as I do. He said it in St. John, the 15th chapter and the 16th verse. He said, I gave you an example. He was talking to the, to the disciples. Do as I have done unto you. When he was, when he, when he went out and he, uh, uh, washed, uh, Peter's feet. He said, this is an example that my father sent me down here uh, to do this for you. And I have to follow my, my father uh, a commandment. So in other words, when I get people together and I see they have a heart, first, uh, the spirits don't play. You know yourself, those spirits will jump off of one person onto another person. Absolutely. And and, and in the Bible, say, uh, Jesus, I know Peter, I know, but who are you? Come on. You got to be careful because this ain't no play thing. You, you're dealing with people's souls. You're dealing with their lives. Mm-hmm. And you don't go out there judging nobody. You don't go out there for no fame or fortune. You don't go out there, well, I'm going to be on Facebook. I'm going to put them on Facebook and look what I'm doing. It ain't about you in the first place. That's right. And if you got to do, do all that, and I'm keeping it real, if you got to go out there to show off to see what you're doing, stay at home. Because once you go out there, and I've seen it for myself, people go out there playing, acting like, Faking that spirit would jump off of them, that demon would jump off of that person, jump right on them. There, there it is. Now that's real because it's not like this. People don't understand that the outreach is a, it's not a built area. I mean, they're out there, and you have to know not only the spirit of God, but the spirit that is around these people. They're not all. Angry, they're not all drugs or anything. Yes, some of them even have maybe mental issues. And I've ran across a couple that really had PTSD and things of that nature. But if you are not properly trained in the word, and if you are not following the the leader per se, if you got some people, uh, man of God, and you're trying to train them into doing the outreach, and then they're not, they're not concerned about how the other person is, they just want to make themselves look good. And I understand when you say, if that's your criteria, then you need to stay on the porch because you're only endangering other people because of the spirit that they have in themselves. And that was, that was an awesome uh, elaboration of what you said. Now, I'm finna go a little further into this thing. Tell us about the book. Amen. The book is called The Lost Son. Um, God gave me that title years ago. I uh, started writing about my life, uh, being biracial, uh, being in Chicago, and being rejected. Uh, that, that word rejected, it means a lot to me because Satan will put, have a rejection spirit in you as a kid all the way grown. And being rejected, you have uh, you be depressed. You, you feel like that nobody loves you. You feel like Matter of fact, I had suicidal thoughts because I was rejected from my mom. I was rejected from my adopted family. I was rejected from a lot of people. But God brought me and let me know that, you know, hey, I, I created you. 
I, I formed you. You're special. I love you. And, and don't let Satan get in your mind. And, and and all that, then I had to realize that being rejected was part of Satan's strategy to try to keep me from doing the work of God. So I started writing my book about my life, and I'm still writing on it because it's going to be uh, a pretty good-sized book. But I'm going in details about to tell the people being biracial for one, being rejected for two, but I had to realize going through Chicago as a kid, growing up real fast as kids in in the hood, in the ghetto, and I learned so much so fast. But once I got to Arkansas, I learned how, how can I say this, how people can really treat you as you're growing up being biracial. And I keep saying biracial because I felt like that I wasn't black enough. I felt like I wasn't white enough. I felt like I didn't fit in. And Satan had my mind going. But when God came in and, and, and let me know in a dream one night that he loved me. And get up and stop feeling sorry for myself. Don't worry about what people think about me. Love yourself. Then once I start loving myself, then I start writing a book on how God loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son and how the rejection spirit was in me, how depression was in me, because I realized that growing up junior high and high school, even I went to uh, college for a minute, but with family, it's the worst hurt that I ever had. And I'm just keeping it real. Mm -hmm. And see, what people don't understand too, uh, Pastor, is that rejection is, is there because that's the only way that the enemy can use a tool against you. And just like the Bible stated, they said Jesus was despised and rejected of men. So see, when, when, the, when we get rejected doing the work of the ministry, we're in good company. But there are a lot of people that has been rejected um, even before birth. And so I'm one of those individuals that the negativity was spoken over me before I was even born in the womb. And that's when I began to teach the people about being rejected from birth. Because a lot of times people say things and when people don't understand how intuitive a fetus is, the first two things that, um, that grow in a fetus is the brain and the heart. And see, when you're talking negative or you're doing negative things, see, that's automatically put in you because you are still yet growing in the womb. Now, share with us just really how a person can eliminate or do better knowing that they've had to deal with the spirit of rejection. One day, my dad was my adopted dad. Rather, I never knew my real dad. Uh, my adopted dad got mad and, and slapped me and told me I would never be nothing. I'm going to be like my mom. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like that, you know. And But the Holy Spirit rised up in me, and I told him, you know what? I'm going to be better than that. I'm going to be better than my mom. I'm going to be better than you because I know God made me. Um, when God came in my life, even as a teenager, then I realized that no weapon formed against me would prosper. But I had to love myself first. And once I loved myself, then I went forth and I kept studying the Word, no matter what I went through in life, because we're going to go through some ups and downs in life. We're not perfect. 
But as long as I kept my hand on God's hand and he, he would never let go, all through life, uh, I've seen myself rising to a different level more and more and more. Even when I fall, I got back up. That's the thing. I didn't stay down. When I fall, I got back up. And I learned from my mistakes, and I kept going. And that's why I'm writing this book, because I had to learn. We have to learn from our mistakes and get up and say, Lord, forgive me, uh, and keep on going. And don't go back. And I, that's how I help other people, because when I go through something, then I could tell somebody else how I came out of it, how I came out of depression, how I came out of rejection, how I came out. The worst thing, another thing I came through, when God started calling me to the ministry, how other ministers would put me down, how other preachers and teachers would put me down, because they seen the glory that God had on my life, and because they didn't do what God said, they wanted to hold me back. But how many people know that when God got an assignment for you, can nobody hold you back? Exactly. Absolutely. And we know that the Bible also states that where there's jealousy, envy, and strife, there's every evil work. So when we are walking in the things of God and we're showing the Hasid Agape that he has placed in us to show his children then, and when we're walking in the thing, then, of course, yes, we're going to have people that's going to come and going to speak negative about the individuals we're helping or even to us. Because I do understand the fact that when, uh, when you're a woman and when you are out here and you're doing the things that God has told you to do, not what man said, but what God has instructed you to do, but then they'll take a second look. And I know a lot of people did the same thing with you. Because of who you are in God. And the fact that when you have a shepherd's heart, you can't hide it. You can't cover it. Because that's how God created you. Because even with the parable about the, nine, about the one sheep, he left the 99 to go find that one. And that right there is a real good summary of outreach ministry. Because that's going to set, going to save that one, going to deal with that one, praying for that one. That is one of the key elements that I feel that outreach people, people that work in outreach ministry are missing. Now, how can we, as a body of Christ, how can we come back into this fold? What God has created us to do. We're supposed to be working together. It said we're one body. But many members. So share with us. How could. The body come back together. And be more effective. In ministry. Now you said a key word right there. You said a key word. Come back together. United. Uh, come back together. Um. We have to come back united. We have to come back strong. We have to come back giving God praise. We have to come back loving each other. We have to bring the family back together. We have to start in the homes, uh, uh, churches to people, not the sanctuary. We have to come back. And one thing about Satan, let me say this, Satan is attacking the homes. Satan is attacking the head, which is the man is the head. Say, Satan don't want the family to stand because if he know he could break down the family, by the time they get to the sanctuary, all hell gonna break loose. Mm -hmm. But the devil is a lie. I'm saying today that men stand up and be men that God call you to be. No matter what color you are, men, God made us first. 
He made us the end. And God put an assignment on our life to, to, to do like Jesus do, to love the church, to love the family, to love your wife, to love the kids, to teach them in a godly way, not the worldly way. So it's time for men to get back to where they place, their rightful place in God. How can you submit uh, to a woman you can't submit to God? So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that all men, uh, uh, I'm praying for all men to turn their hearts back around to God because Satan has got in their mind because they let him. So it's time for us to get on our knees and pray because in this pandemic season, um, Satan is trying to separate everybody. God have a strategy because now families are coming together in the household because of the pandemic, and families are coming together, praying together. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their companies, and everything is falling. See, God can show us better than he could tell us. Right. So he left his word for us. He told us uh, in, in chapter Matthew chapter uh, 10, he said, I give the disciples, I give you power to go against uh, uh, unclean spirits mm-hmm. and cast them out and to heal all manners of sickness. Then he told all the twelve to go out into the kingdom of heaven. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. So it's time for us as Christians, and I ain't saying church folks, difference between church folks and saints. So let's get that right. But it's time for us to stand in the body of Christ. It's time for us to call one another, saying, hey, I love you. I was thinking about you. Let's talk about the word of God. It's time for us to pull back together. Amen. It's because the pandemic here, that don't mean we don't have church. You can have you can have church anywhere. You can have church in your living room. You can have church in your garage. You can have church on your job, in your school. You can have church anywhere. And don't let the devil fool you. Don't let him scare you off. And see, I was just reading something today uh, that we have told God to get out of school. We told God to get out of our homes. We told God to get off our dollar bill. We want to take the cross down. We were voting to try to take in God. We trust off the dollar bill. But in this pandemic, God is showing us something. Mm-hmm. He's showing us a lot. Because in this pandemic, I think that even overseas, people are going in the streets and, and kneeling and praying and asking God to heal the land. And, and, and I thought about that. It's time for us to stop playing church. We uh-huh. play church too much. We play with God. My grandmother said, you don't play with God. That's right. But that's like to say, if my people, which are called by my name, Come on. shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And see, we need to get on our knees and seek God's face. There it is. That's the thing. That's the key right there. We need to seek his face. And don't be playing with God, because God will know when you're playing. <laughs> Come he on. Hard because Jesus told him, when a woman issued a blood, you know the story, when she touched just the hem of his gun, he said, somebody touch me. And the disciples said, all these people around him pulling on you, saying, Lord, I love you, Lord, Lord. He said, no, no. But their heart is far away from me. That's why you got to be careful when you say, well, God know my heart. Yeah, he know how black your heart is. He know how black your soul is. He know when you're playing with him. God don't play. He know you better. You know yourself because he created you. But also it says right here, listen to this, this very instruction. He said, uh, my name, my name, he said, which are called by my name. Mm-hmm. And you remember that the shepherd called on his sheep, and the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Mm-hmm. Going somewhere with this. And, 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 but a stranger, they will not follow. <laughs> Come on. 
Now, why are we following the stranger? Because these material, we are materialistic. We listen to the government. We listen to the newspaper. We want to see how you like me now. God said, I don't like you at all. Oh. Because you didn't keep my commandment. You didn't follow my, my commandment. You didn't do what my sons they do. Depart from me. I know you're not iniquity. Mm -hmm. And it also say, uh, listen to this. Shall be humble. We're too arrogant in the land of today. That's why things are happening to us like they are because we're not humble. We're too arrogant. Mm -hmm. It's all about us. It's all about me. Look how I'm doing. Look mm -hmm. how I'm living. Look at my job. Look at my title. Look how many degrees I got. None of that is going to get you into heaven. Come on. And also, let's look, at, let's look at a little bit further. Uh, now, some of they self and pray and seek my face. Now, you got to pray. When you pray, you got to be sincere from your heart. You got to be crying out. You got to say, Lord, here am I. I, I, I oh, ratchet me. Look, I, I've sinned. I don't know which way to go. Please, come in my heart. Change my heart. Change my ways. Make me a new creature. Make me a new man. Make me a better person. Uh, uh, let me uh, uh, teach my family. Bring my family to church. Don't send them. Bring them to church. Come with them. Mm -hmm. Get in the word of God. Help someone to load away. Do do you know? Do like the uh, uh, the man did when uh, the man was uh, knocked down and he was hurting, and and the stranger came along. Of all the the preacher, the deacon walked over the man, but here come a man. Didn't even know him, went in the same religion him, and he went down and helped him. The Good Samaritan. Come on. That's it. Now, let's go a little bit further with this. And turn from your wicked ways. Right there. We have to turn. See, I, uh, on the GPS, I made a turn, wrong turn one time, and the GPS told me to make a U-turn because I was going the wrong way. Mm. Make a U-turn. I mean, a 90 degree U-turn because the way you're going is not right. Make the U-turn and come back to, on the way. See, we have to stay on the path of righteousness. That's right. And once you stay on the path of righteousness, God's perfect system, then once you follow his perfect system, he will guide thy footsteps to stand in his word. He will, he will, he will order thy footsteps. Mm -hmm. And he will guide you. But you got to stay on the path. And you cannot be going in the wicked ways. Come on. You cannot do that. And it says it uh, in Psalms, I believe, uh, in Psalms it said, uh, for the wicked will will, 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 will up and, and, and go away. Uh, in other words, the, the leaves on it will die out. Mm -hmm. And the wind will just blow it away. Mm-hmm. Well, they like the chaff with the wind driving the way. Exactly. David said that his word he hid in his heart so that he would not sin against thee. So, yes, we have to make sure that we keep ourselves before God, before the word, and that we are operating truly in, in the humility that you were speaking about. Because a lot, and just like the Sceva uh, parable, the people that are out here that they're reaching out to know 
know if you are sincere or are you just putting on a show? And see, this is what this is what the pandemic has done. The pandemic has exposed people. The pandemic has called the preachers or pastors or whatever title they have. It's called them to the paint. Because a lot of them have been operating, you know yourself, man to God, they have been operating before the pandemic and, and they were everything and everything. But when this pandemic, but when this pandemic hit, it exposed the people for who they really are. Amen. And in this season, let me put a pen right there. In this season, God told me to tell the people that in this season, he will rise up a new army, a new nation will stand. We talk about stand your ground. You have to stand your ground against the devil, against his demons, against them. And the people and the preachers and the teachers and whoever did not do what God said, he's moving them out the way. He's purging the church. He's cleaning the church. And when he's going to put a new shepherd in place mm. that will stand in the work. And the, the preachers and teachers... A lot of them not going back in the church, but God is moving them out. And yeah. he's going to put somebody in there love the people and care about the people and going to stand on God's word. Amen, amen. And that is just, the like the old folks said, that's just the rock bottom truth. So we just thank you on tonight, Pastor LeJohn. You have a few more minutes, about 10, 15 minutes. Let God just use you and just speak a positive word, encouraging word to the people that will be listening to this broadcast. And also, too, share with us what's coming up in the month of October and November. Amen, amen. I'm looking for a verse, uh, scripture here that God gave me. Um, okay. Right now, in the month of October and November, the Heavenly Riders, uh, God gave me a vision uh, to go out and uh, help to donate tents. Uh, like camping tents, because one time I saw a mother and her kids downtown Little Rock uh, sleeping on the streets, and what hurt me, a police officer just stepped over them and uh, didn't try to do nothing about it, and I stopped them and asked them, and um, that really got next to me, but God put it on my heart to get tents for the, the homeless people that are sleeping on the streets, because once the shelters fill up, uh, they cannot go into shelters. They, even though they are, they even now, they only feed them once a day. Uh, and in other words, once they feed them, especially military people that have uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, they don't take their medication, they go out fighting, so they, they put them out. So God put it on my heart to get tents. Uh, you go online and order tents. So I partnered up with Abundant um, uh, Grace. I partnered up with other churches down in Higgins, Sweet Home, and my uh, Heavenly Riders. We finna go to Sweet Home. Uh, between October and November, we will let y'all know exactly. Just go on Facebook, look up Kendall Hood Down Senior. Y'all see a book. Well, my 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 face is on the book cover. Um, and 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 uh, friend me, uh, uh, inbox me. Uh, I would, uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna put it on Facebook um, about two or three weeks before. We gonna have a um, Irish uh, ministry on a Saturday and a Sunday. And we're going to come down, we're going to praise God, we're going to have motorcycles from different groups, from Pine Bluff, from Hot Springs, from uh, Oklahoma, from Texas coming in. And we're going to have uh, uh, college station all the way down to Woodson. And we're going to gather together, we're going to save souls, we're going to lay hands on people, we're going to pray for people. Uh, matter of fact, 
we're going to feed people. So once we get everything together, uh, then I will let everybody know when the event is going to take place at Sweet Home, Arkansas, where I was raised up at. God is taking me back home. Mm -hmm. I think God is taking me back home. Uh, I don't know what God's plan is, but God said, go, I'm going. I, 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 and whatever God has for me to do, I'm going to do it. And I thank God for the Heavenly Riders. Uh, I called them, and we went out and uh, ministered to people and, and helped people, and they were just so happy uh, just to know that these bikers here is not rough riders. These bikers here don't do drugs, don't drink. They're all about helping God's people. Uh, past anniversary is coming up uh, next month in September. Uh, uh, Abundant Grace, Bishop uh, Jeffrey Smith, the fourth Sunday in September, we have having church outside uh, at the 10:15 hour. At the fourth Sunday, it'll be a pastor uh, uh, anniversary. We're going to set up a stage. People could come sit in their cars or get out. Um, we're going to pray for people. It's going to be, uh, we'll be speaking 15 minutes each of the elders and the ministers. So that's what's coming up in this season. Now, let me get to what God had me to say. God is telling me uh, it's a new thing. God is showing everybody a new thing. And what he's saying is, remember not the formal thing. I will make everything new. But the problem we have is, um, we look on our past too much. And what we're doing now is, we're living and we're driving looking in the rearview mirror. God is saying, look forward. God is saying, pick up and go forward, but leave the old luggage behind. God got new luggage for you. God got brand new luggage for you. But leave that old luggage behind. And what do I mean by that uh, later, God? Uh, uh, old luggage is hate. Old luggage is, is jealousy. Old luggage is uh, um, envy of drive. Old luggage is depression. Old, love, old luggage that rejection. Old luggage is when people talk about you and you worry about what people think. That's old luggage. Old luggage is you carrying the weight of somebody else, what they did to you, what they said to you, or what grandmama did, what your cousin did, and, and how can I please them? That's old luggage. God is saying, I'm going to make a new thing. I got work for you to do. You can't go forward if you keep looking back. Mm -hmm. There it is. Somebody look at that. You cannot go forward if you keep looking back. And this is what it's saying this time. It's saying, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of what? The sinners, nor the sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law does he meditate day and the night. We ought to give God praise and pray day and night, giving God the thanks. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringing forth much fruit in his season, mm -hmm. his leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does it shall prosper. The ungodly men are not so, but like the chaff that winds that drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sin the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the for the Lord knoweth the righteous, but the way of the sinners that what perish. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't want to perish. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stay. I know you're not, but once we come together, and we talked about that, once we come together, see, this season is a new season. This season is when we get out and save souls. This mm -hmm. is a new season. Even though the pandemic here, yeah, 
Protect yourself. Wear your mask, your gloves, whatever you got to do. But when God said go, you go. This is the, that's what the word exodus means. When God told Moses to get up and go. If you remember, Moses got complaining. I can't do this. I can't do that. And when he got through complaining and crying, God said go. Uh-huh. That's what that we do too much. We complain too much about what we can't do. Now, don't tell me what you can do. I know what you can do. There it is. I know what you can do. I tell my kids all the time, don't come to me telling me what you can't do. I know what you can do. I know what's inside of you. Mm-hmm. I know what your abilities are. Tell me what you can do. When, my, when, my, when people tell me what I can't do, they messed up because, okay, you're telling me what I can't do, I'm going to show you what I can do. Because with Christ in me, I could do all things. Amen. Yeah. With Christ in me, I could do all things. So I am thankful tonight that uh, you have me on the broadcast. I am so thankful. And I hope that whatever I said reached, reached the hearts of people. Amen. Amen, amen. And we thank you, uh, Pastor Little John, because we know you have a very tight and busy schedule. So I just appreciate the fact that you came on just to share what God is doing. And we will be getting back with you. And we're going to give the information out to the people so they can participate, whether it's to sow a seed or to buy a tent. Because this is what, this is the purpose that God has created us for. We are we are helpers one toward another. And we just thank you for tonight, Pastor Little John. But we're going to leave over here on one of the other couple of scriptures that we absolutely love. And we're going to do Romans 12 where it says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. See, that's what pandemic is doing. It's shaking up the Vekodabande. It is shaking up the very foundation that they tried to say because we already know Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And he said, but be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, a change, a turnaround by the renewing of what? Your mind. Because that's the first and things that are formed in the fetus, the heart and the mind. And we're going to leave out of here on Ephesians and where God say, we have apostles, we have prophets, we have evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we come together in the unity of of the faith. And remember, faith works by love. So we thank you on tonight, Pastor Lil John. We thank for your time. And we just want to let you know that when he does have everything together, we will he will put it on Facebook and he will put it anywhere else where people can know what's going on, the time and the date, so that you can be a blessing to the people because this is not about us. But it's about Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Man of God, we appreciate you taking the time out. We want to thank Pastor Lil John again. I am Glenda Treadwell from Damage to Destiny. And we just pray that you have a blessed rest of the day. And we will be talking with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.